Welcome back, everyone. So glad you could stop on by for this edition of the Broadway Bulletin. Without further ado, let's just get into it. First up on the docket, we are revisiting a show we saw in previews, but we're able to see it again now that it opened. So we wanted to give an update on the final product. So for this, we go to the Bernard Jacobs Theater and spend the evening with the cast and crew of Company. So, we've already covered company in our bulletin already. Mm-hmm. That's happened. We've been there. We've done that. But um, this is another show which we got to, well, I got to go with longtime listener, first time viewer, uh, <laughs> your mom, um, to, and this is after the show is officially open. So when the show opens, it's frozen, that's it, it's set, no changes. So it was interesting to see the changes that happened basically within a month. Because we saw it at the end of November. Now we're seeing it again in January. Mm-hmm. Um, it did have that little bit of a break because, of course, the world ended briefly in December. Um, right. So there were a few changes to the show, and I find them to be excellent. So the show is even better than the first time um, we saw it. Um, I noticed this time... And I don't know if you remember this, but there are 35s everywhere. Oh, yeah. Everywhere. Like uh, in the apartment scene yes. where they're out on the um, where they're out on the stoops. Mm-hmm. Um, every single apartment is 35. It's yes. just written in different ways. Yeah. Well, and, and when they're in the, uh, it's the little things you do together. Uh-huh. There's a big 3-5 in the painting. Mm-hmm. Or the clock is always at 3, three and, and 5. five. Yep. yep. There are 3-35s. Um, Everywhere. And I was like, that's so, that's one of those little intricate details. And I'm like, bravo. Well, I think that helps add to the dream sequence of it. Yeah. And I, it, it just helps the set flow even that much better. I loved the color palette. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I loved it. Bobby is always in red. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the cast is in this beige and white um, tones and the sets are primarily in creams and white. There might be a splash of blue, especially with the um, with uh, Andy, mm-hmm. the flight attendant. You know, mm-hmm. but pretty much everyone else, they're in this 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 range of cream colors, mm-hmm. which is really fantastic. And I and that obviously it's by design, and it really helps allow Bobby to stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh my gosh, the vocalizations are beautiful. Sometimes not easy, first of all. Mm -hmm. But like I was explaining to your mom, um, I said, when you come to the Broadway theater, everything is live. Nothing's recorded. The orchestra is live, and that's a musician's union thing. If you're doing a musical, you you have to use live musicians. You can't use a minus track. If you're doing a play, that's a different thing. You know, Mm -hmm. like Harry Potter uses a, a soundtrack. But if you do a musical, it has to be live music. And the only caveat is if you do like a dance track because a certain moment has to be exact for safety reasons or something. Well, and sound design and using sound, like, because like Hamilton is a combination of, you know, the the musicians and a, um, what's it called? A dance track. Yeah, kind of. There's a, oh my God, what is that? Are you thinking of a click track? No, not a click track. Um, it's it's a new it's a drum thing that basically like you can program sounds yeah, to go uh, off. Yeah, uh, oh, the DTX. Yes, I so know, like yeah. a DTX. Sound. Well, but that's fine. It's still there's a musician playing it. Is the point? 
but it's very it, it's not often that you'll have a actual dance track it's only if there's like such a important moment and it's for safety reasons and there's a lot of moments happening it has to be exact but i was sounding like it's always live music and i said everyone on stage that's real it's not recorded that's real but when you hear that cast of companies sing it's like oh my gosh mm-hmm. it, this can't be real it's so mm-hmm. good um, it's got to be sweetened or something. In yeah, I, I can't. I had to pinch myself. I was like, I can't believe it's. Yeah. Um, the interpretations are amazing, especially Katrina Link, her soliloquy songs like Marry Me a Little or Being Alive. Um, Someone is waiting. Those moments where she steps out and she has these moments, you know, these soliloquies. Night and day from when we saw it. Yeah. Oh, it's vocalized so much bigger and better and just stronger. And I don't know what the difference is. I don't understand. I don't know what happened. I don't know if maybe the director's like, just let loose. Just go. It. Oh, my gosh. Like, she really made a hard connection with the audience. And you just, you felt it. The the, the rain falling at the end of Act One. Like, you felt it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was incredible. The interpretations, just, they're amazing. The lighting is just as good as ever. Um, the sound is so clear and balanced. Um, everybody was really getting into all the numbers. I, when I say that, I mean the audience, especially the, there was a uh, New York Times article about, uh, I can't think of his name, but he does the, pardon me everybody, oh, you know, uh, not getting Jamie, married today. The guy who yeah. Jamie. So when he starts, everybody was going nuts. And then he basically got like a standing ovation in the middle of the show. And uh, I was, yes, it, it was incredible. And they really, what I love is, He's playing the straight character in this scene. And I'm not saying straight, like, sexuality, like, in humor. And the gal who plays, like, the priest mm-hmm. is the comedy. And it's purely because of how she makes appearances. Mm-hmm. And the way Jamie honestly reacts to it. Mm-hmm. And it, that comedy is just gold. The director understands it. So the show is that perfect tension of truth and comedy. And it's brilliant. And then, of course, guys... If you haven't gotten your tickets yet, it's Patty Lapone. Mm. The minute that set moved forward, everybody went berserk. We knew exactly what was coming. And the minute she said, I'd like to propose a toast, it was like, oh my God. It's happening. It's really happening. Uh, And I was like, this is, I'll pay thousands of dollars to hear her sing that. Like, oh, she was so good. And what's funny is when your mom and I went to the bathroom, the men's line took longer than the women's. And you heard a lot of people like, that's the first time for me. And I was like, Patti LaPone is in a Broadway show. Do you really need me to explain why the men's line is longer than the women's? Do you need me to draw this on a whiteboard for you? Really? You know, it's a solid show. Okay. Tickets for Company, which is playing at the Jacobs Theater, are currently on sale through June 26, 2022. Up next, we visit the at his new residence at the Neil Simon Theater. Of course, we are talking about MJ the Musical. This, my friends, okay, this is good, okay. It's very clever storytelling. 
it is a clever vessel in which to tell the story of Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, the story of his life and everything around it, it's so huge. He is such a huge figure. You know, um, you can talk about his life with Motown, uh, when, as Rise of the King of Pop, the scandal around his life, his death, his sad, tragic death, of course, and all. There's so much you can talk about. And what this show has decided to focus on is how did Michael Jack, just on his musical, just on the artist itself, how did that come to be? Mm-hmm. They didn't want to focus on the scandal. They didn't want to focus on, which I, I appreciate. And what I loved is the way, the vessel they used, instead of doing like what most jukebox musicals do, where it's just, it's the timeline, we just go along the timeline. They used the last tour that he mounted, as I understand it's the last tour, his Dangerous Tour in 1993. And there was an interview done by MTV, um, and they used that, those people who, who came in and interviewed him and, and followed him around during the last days of his rehearsal, to kind of be the people to help suss out information about his life and whatnot. And you learn about how, you know, what his life was like in the Jackson 5 and how he came to become the artist he was, who inspired him, who inspired his dance moves, why he was the way he was and everything. And you come to realize Michael Jackson was this really brilliant artist. And we we really underappreciated him. And we let a lot of the gossip kind of make our judgment for us. Um, so Which, there was a lot of that happening with the pop stars of the '90s. Yes, and you have to realize that this show has been blessed by the Michael, by Michael Jackson's estate. So I'm sure there's a lot of truth to it, you know, because everything's not so like sunshine and rainbow. But it's also like I didn't know this, that, and the other about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really clever how they use that because those jukebox musicals they can be dangerous. And I thought this was really, really clever. Plus, you've got all those familiar songs. How do you just fit them in? This is definitely one of those shows that with such a vast catalog did not go, I want to put this song in. It definitely wrote the story and then said, what fits? Because there's a lot of his songs that weren't in there still. And I was like, where are you going to put it, though? Yeah. Um, the, mu- the, the music and the arrangements with the music were amazing. Um, I can't remember... The name of the song. I just know the opening. Took my girl on a Saturday night. They did it like a number from Chicago, the musical, to show that he was inspired by Bob Fosse. And I was like, that's... I was having a theater (laughs) artist, like, overload seeing the show, you know. Um, I will say it was really, really, really loud. I felt like it probably could have been a touch softer. Like, I get that we're like, it doesn't have this concert feel. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit much for me. Especially for the length of the show. Yeah, it was constantly loud. I mean, your, your chair was shaking a little bit, you know. But, again, they're in preview, so who knows. Um, the set was really simple but versatile and really well used. It reminded me of college, where they use boxes for everything. They mm-hmm. use like the the stage Black rolly boxes. boxes to yeah, and and they had these mirrors that would double up and a lot of projections. I was like, okay. And as the show progressed, the set got more detailed and amazing. I'm not going to give away anything about that. You need to go see it. It's great. Um, I mentioned the projections. The lighting was really amazing. It really had that rock concert feel. The costumes were so incredible and iconic. 
you've definitely felt the 90s, obviously, but mm-hmm. the looks for Michael, the red thriller jacket, the black fedora, the white open shirt, the saddle shoes, the Grammy outfit when he won for, um, it was bad? Or was it thriller? It was bad. Um, you know, but all of that was incredible. And it wasn't just like, we're just going to put you in these looks so everyone freaks out about it. It fit. It was like, no, you, there's a reason that we're putting this on. Which I love I, that because that was one of the things that I had a hard time with with the share show. Even though the share show was amazing, there were some looks that it was like, oh. Well, it's like trying. Diana where she just changed dresses and it was like, I'm in a dress just because I needed to be in the dress and you recognize this look. This, we understood why Michael was wearing what he was wearing. Okay, I love that. Um, the impersonations and the acting are equal to the overall show, which is high praise indeed. If you, if for no other reason, you need to go and see the to, look to anyone who never got the privilege to see Michael Jackson live, myself included. Now is your chance on Broadway. It literally was like watching Michael Jackson live in three different points in his life. I'm not even kidding. It was out of this world. Um, for me, both the basic entertainment needs as well as the artistic side were really met. Um, that really showed the inspiration behind his moves and music as well as showed the trauma and hardships that he went through. He had a lot of demons. And knowing where they came from makes a lot more sense. You know what I mean? But it, this didn't just... This wasn't just Michael Jackson's greatest hits, which I think will sell a lot of seats because people want to hear his music. But there really is a true artistic story being done here. Um, a real Broadway show. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give anything away. Um, and it really was able to give us a brief history in his mammoth character um, in that two and a half hour window. I'm calling this now. This is definitely a Tony contender. In fact, I told you that after we met up. I said, this is going to be a Tony contender. I just feel it. It, And if it isn't, I'm going to be shocked. But this show, I was really surprised because I was kind of like, man, another jukebox musical. I don't know how to feel. But I've seen it now, and I'm like, wow, this... My only, my only complaint, but I think I understand why, is it ends very suddenly. But it makes sense why it ends and where it ends. Because if you kept going, the rest of the show would make sense. Okay. When we when you come with me to go see it in a couple weeks, you're gonna be like, oh. But okay. Don't miss it. MJ the musical is currently at the Neil Simon Theater and has tickets on sale through September fourth, twenty twenty two. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to turn into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez and I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your mask on, and keep talking about the theater in a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blues by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Jesse Spillane and Billy Murray. <laughs>